Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today, we're bringing you our Arts Weekend Fest roundup. Your favorite part where Laura and I get to talk to each other about everything you should come experience this week at uh, the 17th Annual Arts Week in Andersonville. What are the dates this weekend, Joelle? I don't have my calendar. So um, today is Tuesday the 17th and all of the festivities for Andersonville Arts Week kick off this Thursday, September 19th and run through the weekend, September 21st. So four very full days of lots of different experiences to come out to the neighborhood and enjoy art in various forms. And we have three main areas of programming. We have the self-guided art walk, which is available to you all, all four days. You can go in and visit the artists you want to at any of the businesses you would like. Um, and that is usually on with the normal business hours of the business. Is that correct, Well, Correct. So that's um, sort of the origin of arts week uh, is this um businesses turned into galleries aspect. So all of our businesses have worked hard to select an artist that they really feel pair well with their brand or with their products. Um, and that artist comes in earlier. Hopefully some of them are hanging now as we speak, but um, comes in, hangs the work, has it prepared. So it's really ready to go for Thursday. So folks can start kind of meandering on their own accord and, and look at this art. And definitely also um, most of the art is available for purchase too. So the business owner should know more details about that if the artist isn't actually present. And we do encourage you to kind of get a glimpse of the art hanging because that's a fun thing to watch the artist kind of. It is. That's actually my favorite part of the week is sort of just popping in on them when we know an artist is hanging and just seeing the process of how um, the storefront turns into a mini gallery or the windows in particular is fun. And then on Friday, September 20th, this Friday, we have the Night of 100 Parties. And what's that about, Joelle? Well, it's a lot of parties. Um, we don't know if it's exactly 100, but we think that it's worth that title because there are at least probably 100 artists represented. Um, so all of our businesses who are participating, who have opted to have their artists come in person, um, the artists will be, uh, at that business on Friday night between the hours of six and 10 PM. They'll be available to talk about their work, to celebrate the work. Um, usually, you know, the business puts out some light nosh. You can kind of eat and drink and be merry and, uh, hopefully purchase some art as well. But, um, it's always a really festive evening in Andersonville. And as the chamber, we've kind of rotated our headquarters location every single year. Yeah. And this year's going to be a little bit different. Where will we be at, Laura? We will be at the corner of Farragut and Clark. We'll either be near the Dalla Horse or next to Women and Children First. So stay down, tuned on to that. But look for us there. You, there you can stop in, ask questions, pick up an Arts Week brochure, and learn about our drink promotion, which is something that we started uh, with Arts Week last year. Um, if you're familiar with us in Andersonville, we really like to give you free drinks. Um, so Arts Week and the Fest is no exception. Um, so on Friday night, the 20th, um, you can come pick up an Arts Week brochure from our tent. So it is a little different, like when Laura says we're on Farragut and Clark, we are in a tent. We're popping up. <laughs> it, we're a pop-up this year. Um, so not an empty storefront, but there's a reason for that. And we'll explain it when we get to the weekend. But um, come get a brochure. On the first couple pages of the brochure, you'll see the drink promotion. And basically, if you party hop, we're asking you to have fun and earn a free drink at the same time. 
If you party hop to at least six different parties on and, Friday and, night. And you can pedicab hop. You don't have yes. to just walk. You, you can, can take hop a pedicab. In a pedicab. We have free pedicabs that night that will carry you throughout the district. So you can wear your heels. Yeah. And, or whatever. If you just want to hold all the art you're purchasing and don't want to <laughs> drop it off somewhere, but want to keep moving around, then they're a great option. And they'll be departing from our headquarters booth. They will be departing from our headquarters booth. And we'll, they'll be making dedicated stops at Gosh Giordana Dance School and Chicago Magic Lounge, our pedicab sponsor. So perfect. Um, so hop on a pedicab, party hop. You just need to hit six. Our businesses will be ready for you. They'll have a specific sticker that they'll sticker your book once you visited. Um, and then if you've made it around to at least six on Friday night, you can come back and see us at the tent that night or find us the next few days at Arts Fest and claim a free drink ticket. Yeah, so back to why we are headquartering outside at Farragut and Clark on Friday night is new this year is the Andersonville Arts Fest, which takes place Saturday and Sunday this weekend from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and there will be headquartered right, um, just right south of Winona at the entrance there, uh, the first entrance gate at Winona and Clark. You can pop in and visit us there. And what can we expect from Arts Fest? So it's a brand new component of Arts Week. We've sort of toyed around with like pop-up maker areas and things like that in the past two years. But what was the reasoning behind bringing the Art Fest here this year? So, you know, folks can remember the former City Made Fest. It, it kind of takes that same footprint. So the Arts Fest will run um, a little bit more north than City Made did. We'll start at Winona and we'll go to Argyle. But it was a way to kind of bring City Made Fest back, but also merge it with Arts Week to kind of make this um, entire celebration of art. You know, we are working with a company called Amder Productions this year. You'll listen to their podcast uh, shortly to learn more about the fest. Um, but we're excited to bring this bring this back with over a hundred, you know, fabulous juried artists and, uh, you know, weekend of fun. And we're really excited too, because it has been an opportunity for a couple of our businesses to curate their own booth sections for the fest. So in particular, you can look for the Milk Handmade curated booth section. So Hallie Borden of Milk Handmade has, um, four booths, but she's actually showcasing six different artists, which is really exciting. They'll be located just across from the chamber set up right there near Winona. And then we also have the Andersonville Galleria curating booths as well. So they'll have a specific section, um, which I think makes this fest really unique to many of the fests that you might go to is, is these businesses really had a hand in, in making it special. And then with that free drink promotion, you can redeem your, you know, you can redeem your brochure for a free drink for a beer from Urban Renewal or a canned wine. We also will have, you know, water and other non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic beverages available for you as well. And of course, eat, um, stay out in the neighborhood. It ends a little earlier than those of you used to Midsummer Fest, um, but that is intended so that you can then stay in the neighborhood, hang out with friends, have dinner. We are asking folks for a $5 suggested donation at the gates. And this donation um, not only supports the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce, but several nonprofits and schools like Pierce School um, in the neighborhood. So, so come on out and buy some art and, and donate there at the gate. We really appreciate your support. And every year, Arts Week would not be possible without our amazing sponsors. So we have several to thank. Um, our festival sponsor this year is Andersonville Cryotherapy and Athletic Recovery Center. And then our Arts Week presenting sponsors are Four Sided and Rattleback Records. 
We also have patron sponsors, Chicago Magic Lounge, Early to Bed, The Coffee Studio, and Philadelphia Church. And as I mentioned before, the Pedicab sponsors this year um, are Gus Giordano Dance School and Chicago Magic Lounge. So we're very excited to have have the pedicabs back. They're fun. And, you know, they are free people. You can take them. I know the past two years we've we've tried to push them on you mm-hmm. um, and you think that you have to pay, but just hop in and they will take you, you know, all the way from Lawrence and Clark up to, you know, Stone Fox there at the end of the district. So make sure you take a ride. They are very fun. Free, of course, you know, everyone appreciates a tip if you would like to tip them, but. And not about a better shampoo to use. No. <laughs> not those kind of tips <laughs> cash money tips you could probably even bring your dog on i've seen many dogs right we should get cabs. a dog we yeah. should yeah bring your dog <laughs> we are so excited as laura said up next is an interview with this year's arts fest producers amy and hannah amdor of amdor productions welcome to always andersonville the podcast today we are joined by mother-daughter team amy and hannah amdor of amdor productions For over 30 years, Amder Productions has organized and directed many of the Midwest's most esteemed juried art festivals. Andersonville is proud to have Amder as this year's festival producer for Andersonville Arts Fest, which uncaps Andersonville Arts Week on September 21st and 22nd from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Clark from Winona to Argyle. Welcome, Amy and Hannah. How are you both today? Oh, great. I'm so happy to be able to be part of all the goings on here in Andersonville. Really excited to be able to talk about the art festival and work with the chamber. I'm good. I'm so glad to be here with you guys and with my mom. Um, And I'm really excited to talk about the Andersonville Art Fest. We're just really excited about it right around the corner. So we always like to start each episode with um, our guests telling us a little bit about themselves and their background. So why don't we start with you, Amy? Well, um, people ask me, why am I doing art festivals? So it really goes back to when I was five years old. So I'll I'll just, if you'll indulge me for a few minutes, I'll tell you. When I was five, I used to go with my mom on her errands. And she would go to this one store. And right next to it was an art school. And their door would be open. And while she was running in to do her errands, you know, this was a kinder, gentler time. She would just leave me at the door watching the painters. And I would watch them paint. I was fascinated by it. I loved watching people paint. And I love the smell of the paint and the turpentine. So I begged my mom to please let me take art classes. And the summer I was five, turning six, she signed me up for art classes and I started painting. I was so lucky I had a teacher who didn't care what my paintings look like. It could be anything. It didn't have to look exactly like, you know, a tree. It could be my interpretation of a tree. So I, I was fortunate to have such a wonderful first art experience. And then I just continued making art all the way through school, all the way through high school and into college. And uh, I also continued, not only did I I go to Northwestern study under great painters like Ed Paschke, who's a really notable artist who's in even the Chicago Art Institute, but I then also went to the School of the Art Institute and had a great experience there. So art is my background, and um, I think it just set me up for being an art lover. And when it was uh, in, I was out of college and I was working for my dad who was a developer and they were redeveloping downtown Highland Park. They needed a grand opening. And I was trying to think of something special to make this a really community 
um, of a big event for the community. And I came up with the idea of running an art festival there in the downtown of Highland Park. And I did, and I started with 40 artists, juried artists, which means artists had to apply and be accepted into the show. And that, believe it or not, was 36 years ago. And that was my very first festival. And uh, fast forward to today, I'm here, but a lot has happened. We've run hundreds of shows over those years. Uh, maybe. And I, I've I've worked with thousands of artists and it's just been such a fulfilling experience. I still love it today as much as I did 36 years ago. That's awesome. I, I love origin stories, especially um, to hear that you were so fascinated by the paint when you were younger is really cool. Um, how about you, Hannah? How did you get here? Um, what, well, what's your background? What are you currently up to with the company and beyond? Yeah. So I'm 22. I just graduated from college. I went to IU, Indiana, and I finished last winter. And then right away in January, I started working for my mom, uh, especially helping um, in marketing with social media, kind of coming with fresh ideas and giving the company some new life in that sense. Um, but it's it's so amazing to be able to work next to her and learn from her. Um, you know, and now that I'm closer, I'm able to learn more than I did you know, just throughout my life being around her. Um, so it's it's really amazing just to, you know, try to just learn through osmosis. Well, I will tell you that Hannah was at her first art show when she was two weeks old. <laughs> so she was conveniently born two weeks before one of my big shows, the Port Clinton Art Festival in Highland Park. And uh, I say conveniently because I just wanted to have her before the festival so I could be there. So she was two weeks old at the first festival. And we have some pictures that, mm-hmm. you know, that document that whole time and uh, she's grown up with art you've Mm -hmm. you've come to festivals all these years and what it's been what has it been like growing up in this world in this event production world and art world and yeah I don't really know anything else I guess um but it's evolved over the years I remember when I was younger this one show Arlington Heights was always like the weekend that it was the first one it was always like when school was ending so I look back on you know those memories and I just associate them with different things and certain artists that have you know been there since the beginning that have literally watched me grow up um and even I remember being so young probably five because my brother wasn't born yet and following her around the art festivals Saturday morning at like six in the morning with like my little clipboard because she had her clipboard in the walkie-talkie that like would pull my pants down because I was so small and like and I just always have been around it but it's been pretty amazing not only grow up with you know a mom that's so successful but also that's so successful doing what she loves because it you know she just started it because she thought it was a good idea and because she loved art like she said so you know just to see so much passion in her and what she does is is really amazing and I don't know I can't imagine growing up any other way (laughs) did you always know like when you started school that you would come back to work for your mom in the production company? Yeah, I thought that I would always come back, but I didn't know I was going to come back right away. But I had, you know, I had a couple different internships during college. Um, And, you know, they were amazing in their own right. But the more that I was exposed to other things, the more I realized how much I wanted to work with her and for her and learn. It's just like, it's literally her life's work. Like, she'll like, she'll say there's no divide between like, her life and work it's just one thing like sometimes she'll just say like whenever she's in the world like she just views things through that lens and she's so passionate about it 
So, uh, you know, I was so excited to come back and just kind of jump right in and start learning right away. Yeah. And what do you hope to kind of bring to Amder and, and change during your, your time here now as an employee? Uh-huh. Well, my contributions thus far have really just been, you know, social media is just like such a, a monster and like this whole different thing that, um, you know, when used right is so effective. And especially since art is so visual, it just kind of transferred seamlessly and easily. So um, I've just been using it in a really strategic way to hopefully bring more people to the art festivals and just help inform people that might not know what's happening in their you know neighborhood or town about this really fun, cool thing that's happening this weekend. Um, but besides that, you know, right now my focus is just kind of learning because I don't know how her mind works in this like crazy way that I don't think I can ever really replicate, but just trying to learn as much as I can. And then, you know, kind of, I guess in the bigger picture I hope that you know one day it's just continues to evolve because it she it just grows every year like it's not what it was like five years ago certainly not what it was like 10 years ago so whether that means expanding to other states or you know expanding the the types of events that we do um, I just think that continuing to grow it we also have this new online uh, e-commerce site called Art Zipper which is like an online art festival with our same juried artists so I think just continuing to grow the company uh, in different ways just to keep, you know, enriching communities with art and events and culture is really just the goal. And Amy, how's it been for you to have her back? And Oh, it's been great. It's been great. And, uh, you know, it's very gratifying to have Hannah now at 22 years old, you know, wearing one of our staff shirts at the festival and having her on the walkie talkie. In that great. newspaper article, like one of the, because I read it, and it said, you like it was a quote by you. It's like one day she'll be a helper because I oh, read it the other this day. This is an, Hannah's referring to an article um, that was printed right after the Portland Art Festival, and she was two weeks old. And yeah, so it says I'm quoted in there yeah. saying, "One day she'll be a helper too." Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Amy, I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit more about the ethos of Amder and what sets you apart from other production companies in the area. Well. That's a great question. And I would answer it by saying that we are very artist oriented. Even the fact that we call them artists, we never refer to our artists as vendors because we see them as artists. And even when artists apply, we have them apply in their personal name because I want to see each of them as a human being. I don't want to see them as a business. And that really reflects my attitude toward the artists, that these are people who you know, artists have a really hard life and artists are generally working alone for long hours. And, you know, I sat in a, in a talk I did to the artists this past weekend at Port Clinton Art Festival in Highland Park. You know, if the job description was ever out there, it would be um, works alone, uh, unsupervised, travel required, must be able to sleep in uh, motels, in your car or your camper, um, meals not dependable, uh, drinks too much coffee, <laughs> and no guaranteed rate of pay. I mean, who would take that job? But artists take that job because, and this is really important, because they are passionate and there is nothing else that they can do. And it's just the same way that a farmer wouldn't, or someone who is a farmer doesn't want a subsidy. They don't want their fields to be fallow in exchange for money. They want to see things grow because that is what makes them tick. And an artist is really 
fulfilled when they are making their art. And whether it's paintings or sculpture or photographs or jewelry or, or mixed media pieces, this is something that is their calling. And so true artists really need to make art. And I want to treat each artist with respect. And I do. And my staff does too. It's really our point of view. And we take that all the way through when we're planning a festival. Um, not only are we working with a, a group like you, you know, here in, in the chamber, but we're really thinking about making the event work for the artist. Because if the event is working for the artist, everything else will work too. And it'll be a great event and the public will have a great time. So ultimately, our mission statement is to provide artists a place to show and sell their work and also to provide a community, a culturally enriching experience where they can meet artists as we require the artists to attend the shows. They can meet artists and learn about the art and the art making process. So that's our mission. And we try to live by that every single day. And how have art fairs evolved over the years, do you think? Well, I there are so many changes. When I was first starting the festivals 36 years ago, people were still showing on something called pegboard, which is what you might see um, in someone's workroom, you know, with like little holding hammers and everything up. Mm -hmm. And they had pegboard walls. Well, I had, fortunately have not seen a pegboard wall in a really long time. So the manner of presentation is different. The, the art has evolved. Um, back 36 years ago, believe it or not, we did not have Photoshop. Photoshop did not exist. And also, this is a really crazy thing to say, but digital photography did not exist. It was all darkroom photography. It was black and white, or it was color, or it was hand manipulated. So the field, the category of photography has just changed, you know, just dramatically. Because now, you know, you have digital and you have these abilities, Photoshop and other similar programs to actually manipulate the photographs. Photographs on aluminum we never saw before. Now it's really very popular. And art materials have changed. We now have jewelers have something called silver clay that they can use, which is, um, imagine Play-Doh, that after you make it and you bake it, uh, it it becomes actually real silver. So that's a new material for jewelers. I used it, actually. Um, I think it was just coming out while I was finishing high school, which is weird to say. But yeah, it was really fun because you can just mold whatever you want, bake it, and it's like, look at that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's silver. Yeah. So, so new materials and the subject matter has changed. And, you know, art historically always reflects society to some degree. So it's different times. So we, and we see a lot more of something called upcycling now. So artists like Derek Christensen, who's going to be in the show, or Annette Fischelli, who's going to be in the show, are really great examples. What Derek does is he uses license plates to create these spectacular portraits of Obama, or I just saw one he did of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And, you know, he, he uses a material that would otherwise be thrown out. And he uses that as the substance of his work. Annette Fischelli, who lives in the area, so we're happy to have local artists in the show. Her inspiration is old bicycle parts. So whether it's bicycle chains that she makes frames out of or mirrors or even wearable jewelry, or she uses the inner tubes to make lap belts and, and belts. And we see people upcycling material. So this is pretty new right now. And I think it's a reflection of our concern for the environment and climate. In the jury process, I remember when I was little, when the artists apply, when, when I was a lot younger, before, you know, like the internet was what it is, they would send in slides of their work. Actual 35 millimeter slides. Yeah. 
and we would have to like rent out, you know, like a space or a country club or whatever to have the the jurors, the art professionals come. And I'd be like running around and he'd like click it, next one, click it, next one. Yeah. Now it's all electronic. It's all digital now. It, yeah. So the technology has changed a lot. I remember the projector, like seeing like the fuzz. I remember so vividly. Right. <laughs> That's in the rearview mirror now for sure. <laughs> And how many festivals do you cur- does Amdor currently produce? I think we're currently producing about 30 a year right now. And you know, it's always changing as we, as we create new festivals and new relationships like we are right now with Andersonville Chamber of Commerce or um, you know, some other communities. We're expanding further into Wisconsin with Milwaukee and uh, Whitefish Bay up in Wisconsin and entered uh, the Valparaiso area in Indiana. You know, sometimes a show is just, you know, it's time to kind of prune it back like a rose bush so the others will bloom too. So we're we're always changing our lineup and trying to trying to find experiences that are going to be great for the community and great for the artists. And when that happens, you know, we feel our job is done. Well, buying art can be intimidating for some folks. What advice can you offer to kind of like the new art buyer or folks attending one of your shows for the first time? Oh, that's a great question. So um, I'm often, people often ask me, how do I know what to buy? So I can tell you that I suggest that if you have a wall in your home or your apartment or your office that you want a piece of art to hang in or to sit in, that you may want to think about taking a photograph of that space and having that photograph on your phone. So when you go to a festival, you can refer to it and you may want to take some measurements. Then go to a festival you know, like our festival coming up, September 21 and 22, and walk the whole festival. And if there's something you like, you might want to, you know, take a, you know, take a note of it on your phone and, you know, go back to booth 220 or whatever and walk the whole show and then take a break, you know, sit down, go listen to some of the live music or have something to eat or have a beer or whatever you want to do, and then go back to your favorites and talk to those artists some more. And if you love the piece and it's in your budget, then that is something that really is going to add to your life. And art does bring a higher level to your life in the space that you live or work in. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's my suggestion. There are a couple ways to buy. Some people like to buy small pieces and they like a theme. So some people like, uh, let's just say, the urban landscape and, and that's their theme. Some people may decide, I just want to collect black and white photographs. I don't care what the theme is. Some people like to buy glass and have a collection of glass objects. So you can, you can go thematically or you can go by media to collect. And the question is, you know, one of budget to some degree. Um, but I can tell you that sometimes the idea of buying one larger piece instead of many small pieces will be more significant in your collection over years. So if you think about buying one major piece of art a year, you know, in time you will have really a stunning collection. And it depends on the space you live in. It has to actually be to scale. And there's something I want to mention. Um, it's called commissioning art. And you can do it at the festival, at our festival coming up. So let's say you see an artist and you love their work, like Derek Christensen, who I mentioned, who does those portraits, you know, out of upcycled materials. But let's say that you really like his pieces, but there's someone that you may want. You wish there was a portrait of like John Kennedy or or Martin Luther King or someone. Or Beyonce. Or Beyonce. Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
or Ariana or your or, or your or Ariana Grande or your life partner or whomever it might be. And you can actually commission a piece. And it's not that it's going to cost more. And artists love these special assignments. And then at the usually you'll work out the financial arrangement with the artist. And it may be that you put 50% down to, to start and then 50% at completion. And you will end up with a piece of Ariana Grande or whomever you want, your partner. And that's something special for you or to a size that you want. Maybe you live in a loft space and you need something that's really like wide and skinny, well, you can have something made. And that's called commissioning. And feel free to talk to artists about that. Well, Hannah, I think you just got a tip for your Mother's Day present, a license plate. (laughs) Well, actually, (laughs) that's a funny story. So I commissioned a piece for her birthday, actually. Um, She loves golf. That's like her thing. Like when she's not working. Yeah, she decompresses with golf. My chill place. Uh (laughs) And I saw this piece. It was like a paint can with a golfer on top, but there was a man. And I'm like, everything is right, except she's a woman. And um, so I commissioned it and I got to pick out her favorite colors. And it was, you know, it's a very meaningful gift when you have something made for someone with them in mind. It's I think you liked it. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely love it. (laughs) There's something else that we have. They're called um, Artfest bucks or Artfest coupons. And they're available on our website at amdurproductions.com. And this is giving the gift of an experience. You know, so many times, you know, things just kind of slip through our fingers. And, you know, it was, you know, I love going out for dinner, so don't get me wrong. But giving someone an experience, whether it's going to dinner or you can give them the gift of actually going to our art festival and picking something out that's special for them. So those are available in $25 increments and you can just go online at amdurproductions.com and do that and then come use, you know, give them as a, a birthday present, an anniversary, a new home, new apartment. So that's another idea. Um, the bottom line on buying art is buy what you love. And that is really the answer, you know, buy what you love. And we talked a little bit about that, you know, how art festivals have changed, but how have art buyers changed during your tenure as a festival producer? Well, I've seen a lot over these past decades and people now do care more about the environment and they care about the intent of the artist. There's a lot more caring and People coming to a show really want to make a connection with the artist. Mm-hmm. And that that relationship becomes part of the entire experience of of um, that that they have when they come to a show. So it's a lot more intimate. You bring it into your home. Like Yeah. But but even at the festival, you know, the the experience of getting to know these artists and getting to know their stories and sharing stories is important. And, you know, in the course of that, it's it's really an enriched experience coming to the festivals. It's not just looking at the art, but under, but getting to know the artists and their backstories. And in that same vein, can you talk a little bit about your Arts Fest boot camp that you offer for artists wanting to do festivals? What led to that creation and what should artists expect to take away if that's a um, program or a seminar that they want to do? Sure. So I feel that at a certain point in my career, I became a mentor. And I mentor artists all the time. I mentor them at every single festival about how to better display their work and how to better talk about their work. So, you know, a lot of artists are introverts and they work alone. And being out in the public, needing to be able to talk about their work is not necessarily um, natural for them. 
So in always mentoring, I realized it was talking about the same things over and over. It occurred to me that I might want to just offer a boot camp where I, and, and these are free and we have them and we have them a couple times a year uh, where people could come in and I could go through all these things. So I put together a PowerPoint and I've been doing these boot camps now for about 10 years and people tell me they're life changing. In fact, just this past weekend, there was an artist, Scott Zuziak, who is a wood sculptor. And uh, I had met him last year. And when I saw him this past weekend, he said, I did everything you said. His booth was stunning. He won a best of category award and his sales have gone up. So um, that is great. We cover things in boot camp about like how to apply to shows, how to display your art, how to talk about your work, how to price your work. Um, you know, like the, you know, ins and outs of success. And I have one called Art Fest 101, or Art Fest Bootcamp 101. And then I have another one, the advanced course, which is all about really how to sell your work, how to talk about it, how to, how to interact with the public. And I always say selling your art is kind of like dating. You know, you have to have a relationship with the person that is going to buy your work. And, and ultimately it leads, it leads to that person feeling comfortable with you and with the art and, and, um, and purchasing the art. You know, these artists is kind of like farm to table. You know, these artists are the direct makers of their art and it's great to be able to buy directly from them. Yeah. And you won't, she won't say it, but that's really something that, you know, when you asked what sets her apart or what sets Amder Productions apart from other companies, like those are free. She just genuinely cares that the artists are successful and happy. And there was, um, there's one artist, he's a photographer, Mark Hirsch, and he got into the art festival game later than most. Um, he just started a couple of years ago, whereas, you know, there are some artists that have been doing it for 30 years. And he really had no idea what to do. Um, and his wife works with my mom and said, well, why don't you call Amy? And he came to boot camp. He told me this this past weekend. He came to boot camp, wrote everything down, did it. And he posted on Facebook this past weekend. Now he's, you know, doing shows all the time. He's like, I've never seen crowds like this at an art festival. People are literally circling my tent trying to get in. And when I was speaking to him, he showed me he has this book of his photographs and the dedication is to her because she really taught him everything from what your price tag should look like under your work to, you know, what pro panels to use and everything to how to communicate with the public uh, so those boot camps are really great and they have so much valuable information that, you know, she's just kind of curated through the past 36 years, uh, you know, that sets artists up for success. Well, we learned, you know, Mark Hirsch will be joining us during Andersville Arts Fest, but also he'll be at Transistor after the fest. So yeah, I hope everyone has a chance and his great. Work, what he does is he takes old photographs that are in the public domain, old archived photographs. So, for example, he might have one of um, like a horse and buggy or something. Even. Well, like, let's just say Michigan Avenue. And so it's an old photo. He will then go to the same exact location at the same time of day. So the shadows are falling the same way. Mm -hmm. And he'll take a photograph. And then through the magic of photo manipulation, he blends these two, the black and white photo and the color photo, but in a way that it really makes you stop, take pause and think about the changes that occur over time not only in, in the way our city looks, but the way the people look and, and the lives of the people. So I hope everyone has a chance to come see his work. Yeah, and, and you can see it here afterwards too.
they just start like such great conversations. You can't really look at it without talking about it. It's just, it's captivating and it's fascinating. Well, we are so excited for Andersonville Arts Fest, which is this weekend. Can you tell us a little bit about what folks can expect from this year's show and about some more of the artists that will be joining us? Absolutely. So we have uh, over a hundred amazing artists representing all different categories of art and all the artists who are here applied and they were selected to be in. And then in addition, some of the local businesses are going to be showcasing artists who they have relationships with. And what you're going to see is we're on Clark Street from just south of Foster for three blocks. And this is a festival where each artist will have a booth and they will have a display of their art. In addition to the art, which is all original made by the artist, we will have live music, we have Gus Giordano dancers performing Saturday afternoon. We have a youth art area, so we want people to feel free to make this a family event and come with their kids. So we'll have hands-on art activities. We'll have food. I know you all will be hosting the beer tent, which is great. Have a beer and look around at the art. And um, it's really a multimedia experience. And why I think this is so important is we are so often on our screens, whether it's our phone or our laptops. This isn't something that you can come out and experience, and it really is the end cap of a week of, of art that's taking place here in the neighborhood. The opportunity for the public to come in and meet and see art is really important. I believe now more important than ever. Freedom of expression is guaranteed in our Constitution, and it's a right that we shouldn't just you know, assume is there. So, you know, I hope everyone comes out and, you know, and experiences what we have here. Um, we're so excited. And you will see paintings and photographs and sculpture, jewelry, there'll be wearable art, mixed media art, and uh, just such a breadth of talent that I think there'll be something for everyone. The art is all for sale. It's at all different price points. And, you know, there's no requirement to buy art. You can just come look and have a good time. Um, there, there is a $5 donation requested at the, at the gates. Um, and that's going to go to, you know, good causes here in Andersonville. So it's a great way to support your community and have a great time. The festival is handicap accessible as well and wheel friendly. So whether it's a stroller or wheelchair or scooter, everybody is invited to come down and our hours are 10 AM to 6 PM both Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, just come on, uh, put some sunscreen on before you come, wear a hat, uh, comfortable shoes, and you're bound to have a good time. So we like to end our podcast interviews with the same type of question. We know your um, offices are based in Highland Park, um, but hopefully um, you've spent some time here in Andersonville now since our partnership has formed. Um, we like to ask each of you uh, which Andersonville business you would like to switch places with for a day. Um, well, I think I would I would switch places with Four Sided, just because we're really coming from the same place in life and being so you know concerned about you know and so in love with visual imagery. So Four Sided would be my pick. Can I switch places with you guys? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I want to like interview people and do a podcast. Why don't you go time? ahead and ask your mom a question? Yeah, you can ask her a question. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what is your favorite part about your job? My favorite part is the visioning. Um, 
the visioning of something that doesn't exist. So I love even here with Anderson Vale Arts Fest was to have an idea and then look at a street, Clark Street, that doesn't have anything, you know, the art festival doesn't exist there and to be able to see it in my mind's eye. And I don't just see it like as a map. I actually see it as if I'm walking through. And when I'm assigning artists to booth spaces, I actually am, it's as if I'm there, you know, when you do Google Earth and you get down to street level, it's as if I'm walking through the festival. So I love that whole process. And then I love the load in when all of a sudden my vision becomes real. To me, that is so fulfilling. And then when the people come, you know, and it's all working, you know, it's, there's, there's really nothing better for me. It's just um, very gratifying. And when the artists are selling and I see their success, I see people happy walking out with art, you know, it's just, it just is layers and layers of gratification for me. And when I see the host organization happy with the event at the end, you know, then I'm, I'm truly pleased. Well, Hannah, now's your chance, too, to see if she likes you or your brother more. <laughs> oh, no, him, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm the, he's like an angel. <laughs> and are you still painting? I do. I paint in the off season. I have a studio at home and I still am making art. But I don't show it. People often say, do I have a booth at a show? Well, there's no way I, I would ever have the time <laughs> to have my own booth at a show. But I really make it for me. Then golf would have to go. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, in the in the winter, we you know we are still busy. We're planning in the winter for everything that's happening. Um, we like do like family paint sometimes. Yeah, well, sometimes we do family paints. I think I give everybody a canvas and we'll set up some still lifes and paint. And it's just you know, it's a very um, art enriched household that we have. Oh yeah, it's like your own bottles in Bottega. Well, yeah, Amber you know, and artists artists over at the house, and <laughs> you know that that is the world that my kids have grown up in. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Amy and Hannah, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Amder Productions, please visit amderproductions.com. For more information about Andersonville Arts Weekend Fest, please visit andersonville.org backslash AAW. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org.